0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 16, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. We are in Chapter 6, entitled Into Action, on page 79, the second paragraph, beginning with, usually, however, other people are involved. And today's readers are Sylvia, Judy B., and Rebecca. The share ID number for yesterday's meeting is 5139. That's 5139 for Sunday, September 15th. political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's Fifth Tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to a compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Ken to read the 12 steps.
1: Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Ken. I will now call on Rose to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Leah. The 12
2: Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, Personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass.
0: Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 79, and we're beginning with that second paragraph. Usually, however, other people are involved. And I will ask Sylvia to begin reading, please. Good
3: morning, Leah. Good morning, fellows. This is Sylvia in uh, Vacationing in Maine today very happy to be here. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had secured a position, and was getting his head above water. It would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, "Here i am and um so we are doing our amends. we're in the ninth step, and we're doing our amends and there's some there's some really important uh, things that are being pointed out here and um one thing is that the needlessly sacrificed others to save himself from the alcoholic pit we in in our nine step amends you know it's so important that we have a sponsor because we we could still be pretty crazy and I can have a thought and I could say it is so important that I do this and it's not the right thing and I don't know it because um, because my brain is only my alcoholic brain even though I'm getting recovered I'm still crazy and so I do need guidance, and I need guidance from God, and I need guidance from a sponsor. And um, I know before before recovery, I would think I had the right answer, and I would go off and act, and it would often not be the right answer. So that hasty and foolish martyr, hasty and foolish, that was, that's just what I talked about in the martyr, that's still not aligned with God. The martyr is still about selfish, selfishness, um, self-centeredness, and um it could also be self pity it's like um i need to do this or or uh i need you to see me do this but the motive is not correct yet and the motive has to be that we're going to do the right thing the next right thing in order for us to have recovery but we're not going to harm other people we're not going to harm you know like in this guy's uh case we're not going to harm the children we're not going to harm others who need who uh who need his employment. And it, it talks about that ego again at the bottom. It would have been impressive heroics if he'd walked up to the judge and said, here I am. But we're not going for impressive heroics. We're going for recovery. We're, we're trying to clean up the wreckage of our past, make right with the world, and then stay right with God and right with the world. So um, all of these would not be appropriate actions. And how do I know that they're not appropriate actions? You know, doing my night step, it had to be with a recovered sponsor who'd been there before and go, "Oh no, 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 no. Why don't we think about it a different way?" And it's still for me, when I'm looking for the night next right action, the way it works is through being quiet and waiting and patiently. For God's guidance, and it it can come in so many ways. It can come from another person. It could come from something I hear in a lecture. It could be, come through reading, or it could just come. Sometimes the answer, you know, I hear it as maybe a question in my own brain, and the way it feels if it is right is things get quiet. I you know, so I don't I don't have all kinds of emotions with it. It gets quiet, and it's like the last piece of a puzzle fitting into a jigsaw puzzle, and you put it in and you go, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Um, And so it feels very different than when I, before recovery, when I used to think I knew what to do.
0: And with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Barbara? Barbara, go ahead.
2: Thank you. This is Barbara. I'm a compulsive overeater. And when I first look at this passage, I think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. But as I listen, and it calls up certain things that I've learned from, you know, I often have to, unfortunately, learn from the mistakes, even in recovery, it it reminds me of an early recovery when I was out to do all these amends and, and, you know, just make up to everybody, but there was one incident where I see it was clearly a making up to myself, of unloading myself at the cost of other people, as it says, you know, other people are involved, you know, that hasty and, and foolish person. And um, there was things that happened in my family with my mother and stepfather, and and my mother never wanted our children to know about mistakes of her life and things involving my stepfather. And I lived with this secret, and I was so burdened. And now in recovery, I'm going to admit everything. And I sat my young children down, I told them the story. They, they, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. They had been living with this, you know, facade for so many years. And afterwards, one of my daughters, who was, you know, something like 10 years old, 12 years old, it was wise, said, you know, we didn't need to know that. That's, those are your secrets. We didn't need to know that. And that's the truth. So this um, you know this precaution of you know not being hasty and not um, being foolish about it uh, applies you know so well to that pausing and reflecting and talking and waiting and praying, and uh, that's, a, that's a mistake that I'm learning from, and as is said, you know the only real mistake is one from which I've learned nothing. And um, and I have learned from that, so I'm very very careful uh, t- about timing and prayer and guidance in this. Uh, thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
4: Star one to unmute. Leia, this is Rita from Connecticut. I'm so sorry I got in late. What paragraph are you on, please, and page?
0: We are on page 79, the second paragraph. Thank you very much. Any comments? On this, this is
5: Helena. Show? May I share?
0: Yes, please go ahead.
6: Good morning. Um, I've, I also used to read this book and not identify and at all I would identify out, you know, oh, this doesn't apply to me. But I see now that this specific example is being given as a general rule. Here is a way in which things are done. Here is a difficult situation. And um, it is not going to be just up to the person who um, committed the problem and has to make it right as was said, we are going to be consulting. And we're going to notice that it's going to say, this is what we thought he ought to do. Um, So in other words, he is consulting with people who are recovered. He is consulting with his sponsor. And this is a very difficult situation. Other people are going to be involved. It should not matter to him if it's going to be a difficult thing or not for himself, but it should matter to him if it's going to be a difficult thing for other people. So the general principle is what matters and not the specific situation. This situation is being given to us so we can draw general principles from it when making our amends. Pass.
0: Thank you, Helena. Anyone else on this paragraph?
2: This is Rose. Go ahead, Rose. Thank you, Leah. This is Rose, recovered, compulsive reader in New York. Um, Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. Um, In the beginning of this chapter, on page 74, It says, um, which is what my sponsor has been always um, guiding me with, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. And um, as I started making my amends a few months ago, um, the rule of thumb, it's already been mentioned here today, but is really critical in it because the whole spirit and the whole process behind the amend is amending the harm I did to somebody totally putting aside anything of their behavior, totally putting that aside. Um, I mean that's the key to the amend of my um growing into the right relationship with other people and um my experience in the amends, the face to face amends and also the um graveside amends that I've made is that the healing from following that principle to the letter is um, is um, it, it, it's coming from a higher power? It's it's a another type of experience, and that um, I can see the wisdom behind these directions as to how to do it. Um, my sponsor especially pointed out that it wasn't for me to feel better. From making the amend, oftentimes that does come as a byproduct of doing the right thing and putting into action what the principle here was which, which is making right or wrong that I committed and it is um I found it's just it, it was um it just works i don't I don't have other words to say it really works when following these directions specifically as they're written here in the big book and I I personally am extremely grateful because I've begun a journey at my particular age to learn, to begin learning now how to have a right relationship with other people, how to be treating others, how to be forgetting rose, how to be putting aside my um, self and its many manifestations and being Considerate of others before I'm looking
0: to self seek so thank you with that. I'll pass. Thank you so much. my name's leah i'm a recovered compulsive overeater on page seventy nine here of course uh the big book is teaching about step nine, and we're dealing with other people now we're dealing with other people, therefore, eight pages are spent on Giving examples, the big book gives a variety of examples of uh, step nine, uh, how to how to handle suggestions of how to handle sometimes very difficult situations. It says usually, however, other people are involved, therefore we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. I mean, thank God, um, (laughs) you know, we're not let out of the house, so to speak, uh, before we have implemented the previous steps. The previous steps have gotten us to this point. There's been some maturity and some realignment and rearrangement that has occurred uh, before we sit across the table from another person, Um, and try to uh, rectify our past behavior and take responsibility for our actions and the consequences that ensued. Um, But it's wise to seek counsel in these situations. You know, it's seldom advisable to... uh, you know, bolt out of the house and attend to these matters without some previous discussion with a sponsor or other recovered people because we are dealing with others and sometimes very serious issues. And so we do, as was previously mentioned, yes, we're hard on ourselves. Absolutely, we have to be. (laughs) You know, we're either going to deal with the disease or it will deal with us. Yes, we have to be hard on ourselves, but we always have to be considerate of other people. We have to be sure to remember that we can't buy our own peace of mind at the expense of other people. We have to see what the domino effect of this conversation is going to be. You know, because the truth can be used to injure as well as to heal. So, yes, we are eager, hopefully, to uh follow through on our decision to follow God's will and to make restitution um, to other people. But we do have to take a look at, um, at these amends carefully. You know, the AA 12 and 12 reminds us that we need good judgment when it comes to Step 9. It reminds us that we need, Careful sense of timing. Shouldn't just bolt out of the house with no uh, regard for other people and their circumstances. We need courage, absolutely. We're going to need courage. But again, courage is the mastery of fear, it's not the absence of fear. And uh, we need prudence you know we need to be sensible and we need to be careful and we need to be wise about these matters that's why we do use the the um experience and the counsel and guidance of others who have had these experiences before who who are recovered so it takes a lot of maturity it takes a lot of maturity it takes a lot of uh willingness to uh clean up our past But how are we going to do that without uh, harming others? Um, Again, usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, I'll take the silence as a no, and let's move on to the next paragraph with Judy B. Good
7: morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary. But if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did, and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try to do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course, she did not, and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. And just more information about uh, making amends, and, and we see here how very important it is that we discuss what we do with a sponsor with other recovered people before we go out to make these amends. Um, You know, we may have one idea of of what uh, we could do, but other people may be able to suggest things to us which might work out better, which might um, not involve uh, hurting another person. Uh, We have to remember uh, completely that it's important that we are hard on ourselves and... um, and that we don't we don't unnecessarily involve someone uh who shouldn't be uh hurt and um i i think this part of of being a sponsor is very 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 um uh demanding it's very we i need god's help when helping people with this um just as i needed um my sponsors help when i uh when i did this originally it's just so important that um that we we go through the experience of of being humbled and realizing how selfish and how self-centered we were before we came into recovery and we can't gloss over that you know we just can't we can't gloss over it and if we do you know we will face relapse later it's it's just so important that we realize that we must make amends, that we must completely um, be so sorry for the the actions that we made when we were just into the food and into disease and 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 we want that to change you know we we want to make amends we we want we want to become a new person, a person who doesn't live that way anymore and And this is the point where that can happen. So um, I just, uh, there are no words. It's just such an important part of of our recovery to face what we've done, to make amends for it, to be totally, totally sorry for it, and yet not to hurt anyone else while while we're 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 doing this it's um this is a time when we have to be really hard on ourselves, and um sometimes it's not pleasant, but it's necessary it this is just one of the very difficult and necessary parts of of recovery and <clears throat> if if we're not at that point where we can do that, what we need to do is to pray to God and ask for the willingness. Ask for the willingness to um to face this. And um and and the situation will resolve. We will be led, we will know what to do, and we will do it with the help of a sponsor and other recovered people. A beautiful, beautiful program and there is there is victory from going through this. With that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sally. I heard Sally, Melanie, and was there another? Kim. That would be Kim. Paula. Paula and Kim.
8: Leah, this is Rachel from Israel. After okay, these let's, from me.
0: let's start with Sally, okay. Melanie, Paula, and Kim. Go ahead, Sally.
9: Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Good morning, Edition for you. Sally, recovered, compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Um, I'm looking at this sentence and actually these words at the bottom of 79. He said he was perfectly willing, perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. I hear a surrendered heart. I hear a person who has surrendered the outcome of whatever this situation Will bear out. So, this person has developed a way of life, which the last paragraph said he had commenced our way of life. And that way of life includes a surrendered outcome, accepting whatever the outcome will be. He has no way of controlling what the outcome will be, and he's entering the outcome, he's entering the situation perfectly willing to go to jail if that is what she insists on. Um, I was thinking to myself about how this new way of life, uh, it's described on the bottom of page 49 as as demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. And we see this person has not jumped into the situation. There is stability in his decision to reveal his whereabouts, reveal himself, to present an option to this first wife who is um, apparently furious. Those are the words used. She was furious. And so he's presented himself, he's revealed himself, and he is surrendered. And that's really all I wanted to say is that that is the attitude, that is the way of life that we have to adopt, a new way of life that incorporates and includes surrendering the outcomes, trusting our higher power, trusting the process, and just an open willingness to what will be that I pass. Thank you, Leah. Thank
5: you, Sally. Melanie, please. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oregon. What I see first here is that we thought, and so there's more than one person here having a discussion with this gentleman about what would be the thing that they could see their higher power suggesting might be done, and then a position of where this gentleman's attitude and demeanor might be. and also then, of course, we've talked about making our men directly whenever possible. But this situation, they had suggested that he write a letter. So I want to kind of come up a bit above this just a moment and, and incorporate both of these together. And what I consider when I'm reading both of these and hearing other people share is what the author, I think, for me, is talking about and in my own reason for consulting other people. It reminds me that I have an allergy to the body and an obsession of the mind and I do not process reality correctly. And here I am clear up at step nine, yet my mind has not completely been restored to my own intuition and my own abilities. I still have things that um, that, that drive me. I still have an ego here that's driving me. I still have um, uh, you know, a need to be kind of a black and white kind of thinker and These folks have suggested that I even be even yet removed from the situation to write a letter as well. So what else might be involved if I were to be face-to-face? There's lots going on here in terms of my own processing in my own brain and the way that I operate from that vantage point once the booze is down and I am in that place of my own. I like the idea that we, we have consulted, it's more than one person consulting with this gentleman, and they are speaking about his mind and the way he would operate automatically out of black and white thinking, out of his own, his own particular needs or egos and things like that. I think they're getting even deeper when they're sharing this information. Yes, I ought to, and here I am, and I'm willing, and all these things. But I think they're talking about, clearly, the operation of the mind and this place of pause and halt and to consider, really, really speaking with other people to get that thing sorted out so that I am able to be in that place of spiritual alignment because there's so many other people
0: involved here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. Paula, please.
10: This is Paula, Paula now unmuted. <laughs> and, uh, this is Paula, recovered compulsive over Rita. You know, I just want to just back up just one, one, one line here, and, and it says so much. He had commenced our way of life. Here at the beginning, you know, we often see a child just toddling along, and they're just starting to walk, and uh, yeah, I see them in a couple of weeks later, boy. There's no walking there, but in the beginning, they, they you watch them, and they go from one object to another, holding on holding on, and then oftentimes a parent is right there to hold their hand and guide them and direct them. They can't see what's ahead. They're so close and they're so in a different place now with a different skill, but they don't know how to totally use it. And you oftentimes, as a sponsor, I would say, "Oh," and use this word... They are so close, but I am just a little bit more of a distance that I can see clearer. You would think that if you were close, he say, but look what's involved, fear, resentment, alcoholic life. So there, why we have the help, but look at what it says here. We suggested, that's a very gentle word, but it's got a powerful impact there. We suggested, and here the sponsor consults first, with foremost, with God himself. We don't do this lightly. Every situation demands something else. He writes, now here we come into the title, into action. Pen in hand. They're in action. God inside. We we suggest that he write his first wife, admitting his faults. Asking forgiveness. Then look at the action that followed. I'll use the expression he put his money where his mouth was. Says a lot, doesn't it? Not the money, the action behind it. He did and also sent a small amount of money. Look at the combination there. It wasn't one, wasn't two, wasn't three. And may I say, the same with the steps. Nine now. He told her what he would try to do in the future. He told her he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Why this? And he says it so beautifully. Of course she did not. Of course she did not. Look at the actions that preceded this and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. And there is the whole thing, always adjusting life to as it is, with God inside and outside. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do
0: pass. Thank you, Paula. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is
4: Kim
3: G,
0: and I'm a recovery compulsive overeater from
4: South Jersey. We suggest that you write his first wife, admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did, and also sent a small amount of money. You know, and Paul already talked about the importance of actions, and there's a saying I like. It says, your actions are so loud, I can't hear a word that you're saying. So prior to working this process, I made a lot of apologies, and then I would continue to do the same behavior. So my apologies meant nothing, because my actions didn't back up my words. I also like what Helena said, this is a general teaching. This is a general teaching. So I often dismiss this, well, I'm not a husband and I don't have kids and this is also irrelevant to me. But when we look back at our, our, our inventories, you know, we look back, let's say, at our parents, and we were so concentrated on what type of parent they were. But when we look at it, where were we selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful, what kind of daughter were we? What kind of son were we? And when we did that, we saw that we had to admit our faults, regardless of what type of parent they were. We had to take responsibility for what type of daughter we were. So I'll just give you an example in my life. I had a sister-in-law, and I could give you all the reasons that I should not like this sister-in-law. But when I looked at where was I selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful, I had come to the realization that I'm the oldest of three kids. I don't have sisters. I expected my brothers to marry women who could be my sisters. And my selfishness and my dishonesty was my brother had the audacity to marry someone he loved, someone he wanted to spend his life with, without even consideration of whether I wanted to be her sister, even if I wanted to be her friend. So I treated her with contempt and distrust and disrespect because she wasn't who I wanted as a sister-in-law and disregarded that My brother loved this woman, that she's a wonderful mother to my niece and nephew. So when I made that amends and I told her that I'm sorry that I was treating her with disrespect and I'm sorry that I ignored her and I asked her, is there anything else that I need to know? And I heard from her how hurt she was, how much she wanted to have a relationship with me and that I withheld that from her. So I had to make that amend and say, this is what I'm going to do as your sister in law. I'm going to make sure that I have conversations with you separate from my brother. I'm going to make sure that I ask how you are doing. I in my mind I'm also saying I'm going to make sure that I compliment on her on the mother that she is to my niece and nephew and get out of what kind of sister in law I wanted. Now my sister in law hasn't changed. She still gets on my nerves. But that doesn't mean I don't still follow through with the actions. Regardless of her behavior, my actions are what kind of sister-in-law am I to her versus is she being the sister-in-law that I want her to be to me. So that is the general lesson here. We make these amends and then we, if we say we're going to send money, we're going to send money. If we say to our parents we're going to call them on a regular basis, we call them on a regular basis. We follow up this amends with the actions because it is our freedom that is dependent on, on how we behave with others. Our freedom is not dependent on how others behave with us. And with that, I ask.
0: Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? our 1 to unmute.
8: Hello, Leah. Yes. This is Rachel. Go, Go ahead. In. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hello, all my dear friends there. And it vision for you. This is such a beautiful chapter and beautiful paragraph. If ever in any of our work here, I heard the fluttering of the wings of angels. It's here where truth is being thrashed out, real truth. Not the truth that I want, and not when I want it. So I, I thought I would share a little thing with uh, maybe it will help someone. An amends that I made uh, three times that was rejected is now starting to be accepted. In other words, I don't even have, you know, the right to ask God that now. You know, I'm making my amends, and this I'll make a V that this has been done uh, for my four kids, the daughter with whom in my relationship was the hardest. She's the most like me. And I love her dearly, and she's an incredible person. But I made my amends three times in the last 20 years. And um, every time it was rejected for another reason. And lo and behold, now in such a miraculous way, god has has turned these things around that her children are starting to come to Israel, one for a year, one came to live here, and that I have a chance to be good to them, and through that, all of a sudden, something has opened up there through my relationship with her children, all of a sudden, you know not not in a direct way, she started to send me poems that she's writing is really starting to to seek my my closeness and it's just so incredible how God answers. He just he just says, you know sometimes you ask him for something and he says yes, sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says yes but not yet. I read it somewhere. And sometimes he says, Yes, not now, but I'm preparing something better for you and what is happening to me now with this daughter and her children is just um, unbelievable. So these amends, you know, for anyone who is struggling in this respect, that that way that you make your amends, but it's not immediately accepted, not immediately in 20 years. You know, God's wheels turn. They don't turn according to our timetable. And And, and this is very, very beautiful for me that we are studying this with such great care of how you do it and an answer done to me with a slap in the face at at the same time and then the person realizes that this is not how you do it, the same person is in program and she realizes that she's done more harm and we can do it again, you know, wait until the feeling is really there. This is, God is hovering over this chapter and thank you so, so much for being there all of you, and
0: Leah, I pass. Thank you, Rachel. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star 1 to unmute. It's Monica. Go ahead, Monica.
11: Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and here we are in... In the chapter of interaction, and more specifically here on step nine, making amends to others. And the big book is definitely giving us very specific directions um, here. And, And, you know, the 12 steps are all directions and suggestions. But if we want recovery, we have to be willing to take responsibility and do what they're saying and do what they're saying, doing what they're asking. And so here by step nine, we're finally taking responsibility here for all the years and the actions of selfishness, dishonesty that we have um, um, done towards other people, thinking we were justified or we were victims or whatever our thinking was. But here we're finally taking responsibility for me, for what I did, what I said. And like the Big Book says, we ought to be willing to do that if necessary. And we have to be willing to do whatever. And here this guy is even willing to go to jail if that's what he needs to do. But... Uh, It says, we suggested, and that's very, very important, once we get to step nine and you're starting to make amends, that you speak with your sponsor. You review these things and who you're going to make direct amends to and what you're going to say so that we don't harm anybody. We don't want to be hasty and foolish, like I said in the prior paragraph, when we go off and do these things. You know, it's no longer about us now it's about making amends to others how can i set things right the wrongs that i have done and so they suggested that he write a letter and even more like was already pointed out he didn't just go blah 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 i'm sorry 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 i'll try to do better he put some money in that envelope he sent her some money and that was what you know she needed poor lady He sent her some money. So he followed directions. He was willing to follow directions. And even when we get to step nine, we still need to follow directions from somebody who's ahead of us down the path of recovery, you know, a recovered sponsor, other recovered people, you know, because we're still a little crazy in the head here. And our thinking is always going to be a little crazy. So we need to pass these things by other people. So. You follow directions, and this book is full of directions, and and we need to follow and take actions on these directions if we want recovery, and I pass with that.
0: Thank you so much, Monica. Again, this is Leah. I, too, wanted to comment on a couple things here. As it's been stated and reinforced, um, you know, there was discussion. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. Obviously, there has been some discussion. This is where sponsorship is so important because, uh, you know, our thinking isn't always stabilized. Yes, we've gone through the previous steps, Yes we have uh developed you know a relationship uh with God and some you know uh have stabilized Some rearrangements in our minds have taken place, hopefully, through this inventory process beginning with step four. But nonetheless, we need um, some good judgment. We need some experience, strength, and hope because there are situations such as this one that uh, is being uh, taught here where the amends could result in serious consequences, So in cases involving potential loss of employment, or in cases involving uh, imprisonment, such as the one that we're we're reviewing here, uh, in cases involving alienation from one's family, we need to weigh the consequences carefully. I mean, we are dealing with real people. (laughs) We can't just run out of the house uh, without giving a lot of thought to this and some discussion. It's true, if we delay our amends merely out of fear for ourselves, we're going to ultimately be the ones to suffer. But in these kind of situations that are delicate, we need to seek outside guidance uh, with sponsors or or counselors on how to proceed. Uh, Otherwise, if we delay our growth and also experience stagnation, if we uh, delay this process, Uh, towards building a new and healthier life, obviously, um, we're going to risk our recovery. So uh, we do have to have discussion, absolutely. Uh, We have to have sponsors involved in this. Uh, We have to have good judgment, experience, strength, hope. We have to have a careful sense of timing. We have to have uh, courage and prudence. Um, But we have to do this without delay as well. So These are all teachings that are coming from these pages. Again, the big book spends eight pages on step nine because it is so serious. And, yes, a major intended result of this step nine process is deflation of our ego at depth. So it's not going to always be comfortable. It's going to be a humbling experience. We're going to feel uncomfortable. We may suffer pain. We may suffer financial issues. injury, a little embarrassment, in this case, even potentially prison, although uh, there was another remedy here. We suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. I mean, as I studied these pages years, you know, over the years and, and today as we study together, I certainly see the attitudes for the amends process that the big book is trying to stress. That we need to be tactful, that we need to have common sense, that we need to be considerate of our other people, these are all attitudes that are coming from the discussion of step nine. We need to be humble, we need to go with our heads you know bowed uh not um out of uh you know embarrassment um about who and what we are, but we are now trying to do God's will. You know, this is out of humility of trying to, to, um, to better ourselves. This is a very dignified spiritual process, a process of expressing regret, a willingness to do what we can to rectify and correct our actions for reparation. And we do that honestly, and we do that from our hearts and our souls. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, let's move on to the next paragraph with Rebecca, please.
12: Leah, this is Rebecca. Did you call me?
0: I did. Could you read I'm the sorry. next paragraph for was, us?
12: Yes, thank you. Um, this is Rebecca, a recovered compulsive overeater first And before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, asked God to help, and the drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. So I've been thinking about my step nine, and um, I really appreciate that while we don't delay, we also don't, make our amends in haste. Um, We've put the food down. We've admitted we were powerless. We've worked the steps in order. And we've gotten to this place where we're looking at our um, faults and uh, how we've harmed others. And for me, it was so helpful to uh not just jump the gun and think that I knew what was best and trust my own sick thinking because I still was not recovered, and even today, when I'm doing a step nine, I consult my sponsor and uh don't just jump the gun, go from four to nine it's four, five, six, seven eight nine and um, this is just such good um, advice, even if it's not that drastic and even if other people um, aren't being implicated, it's a good idea to obtain permission, uh, consult with others, and always ask God to help. and then we take this step without shrinking. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much. And we have time for one additional comment on this paragraph. Anyone like to comment before we close?
4: our one, mute.
0: Okay, well, again, before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated we must not shrink. Again, wise direction from the big book. Uh, re- reinforcing the importance of sponsorship, the importance of seeking counsel, our thinking has not been the best. <laughs> that's obvious, otherwise we wouldn't be in this situation, right? So we need to um you know, although we have gone through steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. And we are now at step nine. Uh, we do need, as the big book is suggesting here, to seek counsel, to consult with other people, because we are involving and connecting to other people, involving other people's lives. I know some of my uh, amends work involved uh, some of, some very deep relationships, my family of origins uh, relationships. These. Uh, were relationships, of course that ran deep and there was a lot of history there and and uh and pain. But I had to keep in mind, um, you know, that I had a program of recovery. I was blessed with with a design for living. I was forced because of the uh misery and the urgency and desperation of a disease called compulsive overeating that i had to align myself with these principles or my le- my very life um was at risk other people don't have that uh you know necessity perhaps i did so i had to take in mind that this was my work to do and i had to tread carefully before having these conversations so that I could keep in mind um, that this was my work. I was taking responsibility for my actions, for the consequences of my behavior, putting aside anything anyone else had done. But, of course, I invited God into the process. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, which is the actions and behavior and words of other people. The courage to change the things I can, which is implementing steps nine. And the wisdom to know the difference. So we ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated we must not shrink. I can't draw back thinking that this is just going to go away on a wish and a prayer. You know, these steps, they're not just about talking about them. I'm not going to get the results just by thinking about step nine. I'm not going to get the results just by studying the text regarding step nine. I get the results of step nine by actually doing it. You don't get the results from talking about the step. You don't get the results from reading about it. You don't get the results from intellectualizing about it. You get the results from doing it. But we do it together. We do it with the help of other people. And with that, I pass, and we are out of time. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Melanie, are you available to read from a vision for you, please? Star one, to unmute Melanie. Well, thank you.
5: I caught myself again. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road
4: of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then,